Hello again, listeners. Welcome back to our podcast, Forgotten Events. I am your host, Katie. This episode is going to cover five separate disappearances from the 1970s. None of these cases are believed to be linked. They are all still unsolved. We start with Lynn Schultz. On Friday, December 10th, 1971, 18-year-old Lynn Schultz went missing. Lynn grew up in Simsbury, Connecticut, but at the time of her disappearance, she was a freshman student at Middlebury College in Vermont. She was last seen that Friday at 2.15 p.m., outside a gas station across from an interstate bus station. Lynn's disappearance is considered suspicious because she left behind her identification, her checkbook, and other personal belongings. Earlier that day, at about 12.30 p.m., she was seen eating a bag of dried fruit she had purchased from a health store near the bus station called All the Good Things and expressed her dismay to someone over having just missed a bus that was traveling to New York City. Oddly, it was the first day of final exams for the semester. So, why was she getting on a bus? It would be 15 minutes later when a friend of Lynn's would see her. Although the two girls had an English exam together coming up at 1 p.m., Lynn was not interested in discussing the exam with her friend. Her friend claimed that Lynn seemed distracted at the time. This discussion took place in Lynn's dorm room. So, we know that at 12.45 p.m. on December 10th, she was in her room. The friend returned back to the room after having left for a few minutes and found that Lynn was gone. She planned to see Lynn at class for the exam, but Lynn did not show up. Another classmate would see her near the gas station at about 12.15 p.m. That was the last sighting of Lynn. Despite some false sightings and false confessions over time, Lynn's case received little attention until March 23, 2015 when Middlebury police held a press conference in which they discussed their interest in Robert Durst. Now, we all know who that is. If you don't, well, there's just no time for me to explain, but you have to look him up. Robert owned the health food store All the Good Things in 1971 near where Lynn was last spotted. Durst had been arrested nine days earlier on March 14th in Los Angeles for the murder of Susan Berman. We all know who Susan Berman is, right? If not, she was the girlfriend of Robert Durst that turned up dead. The press conference that was held did not reveal any real information that connected Durst to Lynn's disappearance. But in 2012, a tip was called in revealing that Durst owned the food store. Lynn Schultz was five foot three inches tall and 115 pounds at the time of her disappearance. She has light brown hair and blue eyes. She was wearing a blue navy pullover sweater 
a brown nylon ski parka, blue jeans, and hiking boots. Some believe she may have been depressed at the time of her disappearance. If Lynn were alive today, she would be 67 years old. Lynn's parents died in the 1990s, but her sister continues to search. Now on to Judy Sylvester. Judy Ann Sylvester went missing in 1977 from Virginia Beach, Virginia. At the time, Judy, 22, was residing in an apartment located at the north end of Virginia Beach. She worked at a local restaurant and failed to arrive to work on January 24th. She also would never retrieve her paycheck. She has never been seen or heard from since. The website National Missing and Unidentified Persons System clearly points out that Judy, quote, frequently rode a bicycle while living in Virginia Beach, end quote. Now, if, if you've ever been to Virginia Beach, it's just what everyone does. One would assume that the bicycle had something to do with her disappearance. But a 2010 online post by Judy's sister, Dorothy, would say the bicycle was left in her apartment and her boyfriend took it after Judy went missing. Dorothy also wrote that the boyfriend was living in the apartment after her sister disappeared. There isn't any information that I can find about the boyfriend, including his name or his whereabouts. In 2011, a startling theory about Judy's disappearance, reported by Norfolk, Virginia television station WTKR, speculated she was the victim of an unknown and previously undeclared serial killer. In a three-part series, WTKR reporters pointed out the physical similarities in the murders of 11 women in the Virginia Beach area between 1973 and 1985. They were all young, between the ages of 18 and 25. They were white, and they were pretty. Judy was one of three women whose description and disappearance during that same time period lined up with the signature of the Virginia Beach serial killer. Unfortunately, at the end of the series, there were no conclusive links between the 11 murdered girls or the disappearance of Judy. Judy Sylvester was a tiny girl, standing only 5 feet 1 inch, and weighing approximately 100 pounds when she disappeared. She has brown hair and blue eyes. She was wearing a handmade necklace when she went missing. If Judy were alive today, she would be 65 years old. Now on to Eileen Hinson. Eileen Frances Hinson's disappearance on June 1st, 1976 from Napa, California is a cryptic missing persons case. There are two slightly different accounts regarding her disappearance, and each version is a very short one. Version one, 
According to the National Missing and Unidentified Persons Systems Database, 19-year-old Eileen left the residence she shared with her father and brother to attend a wedding in Solano County. She never arrived at the wedding, and her suitcase was still at home. Version 2. This version claims that Eileen disappeared from one of the resorts in the Lake Berryessa area of Napa County. Her father reported that Eileen left a residence at one of the resorts en route to a bridal party dress fitting in neighboring Solano County. She never arrived, and no one would see her. The relevance of the suitcase being left at home, that's really just completely unclear. But so is the way she planned to travel to the wedding. One noteworthy coincidence in Eileen's case is that Lake Berryessa was the location for one of the infamous Zodiac murders on September 27, 1969. And if you don't know about the Zodiac cases, please look that up. Eileen is 5 feet 2 inches tall, and at the time, she weighed 130 pounds. She has brown hair and hazel eyes. If Eileen were alive today, she would be 63 years old. Judy Martins Judy Martins disappeared on May 24, 1978. And what is crazy about this case is that she only had to walk 300 yards from Kent State's University's Dunbar Hall to Engelman Hall. It should have only taken her three to four minutes tops, but she never made it. Instead, she just vanished in that short distance. I mean, she just vanished and wouldn't be reported missing until May 26th, two days later. On the night she disappeared, she was wearing a Halloween-type costume with a gaudy red wig, oversized sunglasses, a brown and yellow plaid blouse with gaucho-style blue jean culottes that came to her mid-calf. She was wearing a beige trench coat, brown belt, and brown boots. The eyeglasses Judy normally wore to read were left in her dorm room, along with her student ID, her money, and other important possessions. The 22-year-old junior was a thriving student at Kent State University where she was a resident student advisor. According to her family members, it was unlike Judy not to call or check in, and they described her as a reasonable, responsible person. According to a 2013 interview with an investigator who worked the case, no one believed that Judy would suddenly leave to start a new life. That was not even under consideration. Kent City and Kent State University Police conducted a search of the Cuyahoga River and the area fields. National Guard helicopters with infrared scanners were borrowed to help with the search, which eventually turned up nothing. Judy's ex-boyfriend was ruled out 
immediately as a suspect after passing a polygraph test. A short time later, he would be in a serious motorcycle accident that would leave him physically and possibly mentally disabled. The Martins family sincerely believed university police did not take the case seriously enough at the time and felt they wanted the problem raised by Judy's disappearance to just go away. Judy's sister stated the police latched onto a report over an alleged sighting of Judy and then used that as the wall for their theory that her disappearance was voluntary. The woman in that sighting would later come forward. But this opinion by local law enforcement was firmly in place, according to her sister. One suspect's name attached to the case would be William John Posey Jr. He has been linked to the deaths of two women, one in 1980 and another back in 1976, whose bodies have never been found. At the time of Judy's disappearance, Posey was living in Kent in an apartment just 10 minutes away from Engelman Hall. From his prison cell in North Carolina, Posey has refused to respond to questions about any involvement in Judy's disappearance. Judy Martins was 5 feet 4 inches tall and in 1978 weighed approximately 120 pounds. She has dark hair and hazel eyes. She was wearing a ring on her right hand when she disappeared. If Judy were alive today, she would be 64 years old. And finally, Cheryl Ann Scherer. 19-year-old Cheryl Scherer was last seen working her shift at Rhodes Pump Your Own self-service gas station in Scott City, Missouri, on April 17, 1979. She disappeared from the station sometime between 11.40 and 11.50 a.m., leaving behind her purse, her checkbook, her car, with the keys still inside. Approximately $480 was missing from the store's cash register. Authorities believe that Cheryl was abducted by a person unknown after a robbery at the gas station. There were no witnesses to her apparent kidnapping. Serial killers Otis Toole and Henry Lee Lucas. And I hope you all know who they are. If you don't, you have to look it up. They traveled together and separately across the United States in the 1970s and 1980s, randomly killing people, and would tell police that they kidnapped and killed a girl in that same area the same time Scherer disappeared. Lucas was shown a photograph of Scherer and says she was not the girl he abducted. But police suspect she was because she was the only girl reported missing in that area at that same time. There was never enough evidence to charge Lucas and O'Toole in connection with Cheryl's case, though it was confirmed that they were in Scott City when she disappeared, 
along with Tool's niece and nephew. Both Lucas and Tool have since died in prison. Now, I should tell you that they both had a long history of confessing to crimes that they did not commit. I mean, that was something they did all the time. If you look them up, every story you find will have that attached to it. That's just what they did. They always claimed that they committed a crime that police would later discover they didn't commit. Another suspect considered and then ruled out is confessed serial killer Timothy Kreischer. Now, I could not find any additional information on why he was a suspect in this case. Cheryl was known to be an excellent employee. She had even worked at the gas station for quite a while, about a year before she disappeared. She resided in Elmo, Missouri, and was working to put herself through college. It is not believed that she staged the robbery at the gas station, not in any way. Since her disappearance, Judy's case has not been forgotten, and there are frequent news coverages out there about her disappearance, as well as some remembrance ceremonies celebrating her life. Cheryl was also a tiny girl, standing only five feet tall and weighing 100 pounds. She has red hair and blue eyes. She has a mole about one half inch above her belly button and a brown birthmark between her shoulder blades. If Cheryl were alive today, she would be 60 years old. Years old.